still happy, but the Lord. I'm still seeing people because we're not happy. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Lunga, they hijacking me. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Jesus. We're just going to sing you are holy. Holy you are holy. You are holy, God. You are holy, holy, holy. You are holy, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, seated at the right hand of the Father. You are holy, holy, holy. Oh. Uh -huh. 
Father, we come in Jesus' name. We come in the name of Jesus, the authority we have been given to legislate in the earth. 
Now as your people gather today, I pray that you strengthen the weak. You revive in the name of Jesus. You impart faith. Where there is discouragement, Father, you plant hope. Where there is death, you impart life in the name of Jesus. For you asked if those bones could live. And Ezekiel declared, only you know. Then you told him to prophesy. We speak life upon that which is dead and it comes to life. We speak to every dead thing in the life of your people. In the name of Jesus, everything that's deteriorating, anything that's fading, anything that's withering, we speak life in Jesus' name. For that is the prerogative of the saints. That is the prerogative of the redeemed. That we have an advantage over the supernatural. For you have given us the spirit of faith. That where there is a desert, we can speak a word. And an Eden is created in Jesus' name. So Father, by faith today, we speak life upon your people. The smell of death, the fear of death, depression, anxiety, and fear. We speak against it this afternoon in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Say hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated, Barcelona. Siabunga Kakul Namsanji and Goguba Kona Queen. The Kunenes are on their way back. And uh, I don't know. Jokelo is home. Bongi is at work. Okay, Bongi, I must apologize for Bongi. She asked if she could connect at two via Facebook. So we welcome Monga Bazalwani, Abbas Joinai. It's very difficult to work with this thing here. So our machine is not here. It's gone for repairs. As long as it doesn't fall. Amen. So thank you for, for showing up, Isolo family. Well, by the way, let's give them a hand. Oh, only their second. Amen. We're going to be good, you'll see. We only need a bass guitar player. A bass guitar player. Amen. And uh, we're going to get that sorted in time. Lunga wants the person by yesterday. Amen. But we're going to get that going. Uh, so thank you for, for, for coming yesterday, Basil. And we're going to have at least that once a year, a sports event for care. Uh, Tabiso apologized early in the morning, so he wasn't there because Ben and Jail. Amanda, Amanda was, uh, was tired because she, she, was, she was at home the night before, so she kind of was kind of flat out. So, yeah, we, we, we forgive her for that. Amen. So, thank you. Thank you to our. Uh, thank you, Sissy. Bless you. I see you from here. Please, please, let's wave at her. Let's welcome her in Jesus' name. And uh, she's wearing a white shirt. <laughs> Amen. And the gentleman at the back, bless you, sir. Bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. Bless you. Amen. And there's, uh, there's ma'am here also, uh, white blouse. Bless you, ma'am. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
bless you, bless you. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, fill, let's fill this place uh, by, by December. And these chairs must, must, must get more chairs. All right. Amen. Uh, so thank you so much, Tabi uh, Lunga and the team. We appreciate you a lot. Hallelujah. We, we will get it right. We will get it and we're doing a great job. We appreciate that. All right. Bazalwan. We started last week in Sondel Lule with Kulumang, a great commission. I am very concerned about the quality of Christians that the church is releasing into society to represent the Lord. Amen. Remember that the Lord is not going to come again to die on the cross and uh, it's us we hear. And he has left us a, a mandate for us to represent him well. The 12 apostles, they spent time with him three and a half years. Three and a half years. The Lord died when he was 33 um, years old. It spent 30 years. In the Jewish culture, you are not released. You are not called a man until you turn 30. So when he was 30, he, his ministry became public. Then he was, he, was, he was able to step out and begin to minister. So they had three and a half years with him. And I said last week, there's a 40-day mystery. Because after he had been raised from the dead, there was that 40-day period before he ascended. The difference between the resurrection and ascension. Resurrection of the three days, then he lingered for 40 days. The Bible does not speak on what he did over the 40-day period. But such was the impact of his impartation to the disciples that after that, they were willing to die. Before that experience, they were the same people who had deserted him. All of them. Only John the Beloved was found at the foot of the cross. He is the one that Jesus looked upon and said, hey, Remember that situation there at the bottom of the, of the cross. So John was the only one who remained. John the Beloved, he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote first, second, and third John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. So he imparted so much to the disciples that after the 40-day period, they were willing to die for him. And we explained last week uh, how they died. Uh, think about 11 of them, with the exception of John. Uh, they, they died, they were martyred. They died for the sake of the gospel. Such was the passion, such was the commitment that they were willing to die for the cause. Now, somebody would say, there is a lot of stuff that people say about the gospel. I tell you something. There is no man with a family who would lay down his life for nonsense. I wouldn't do it. You would have to have been so convinced beyond the shadow of doubt that this thing which I am laying my life down for is worth dying for. So they died, all of them, through martyrdom. Then they handed the baton over to us. I said the, the gospel, the Bible that we read, especially the New Testament, all the letters and all the phrases, the sentences, all the verses that you see there, there's blood flowing in between those letters because the people who wrote the book, they were martyred so that we could have the Bible in our hands. 
They have handed down that which they died for. Now we are here. We are the 21st century generation uh, church. They were walking with God, willing to do things that the generation of today can even dream of. They were the first, first century church was powerful. What God wants to do is to restore that which the, the caliber of, of, of Christianity and Christians produced in the first century must be the same caliber that churches produce today. You go to any church conference and randomly pick out any person. You begin to interact them with regards to the fundamentals of the Christian faith. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it's a series we're going to do, I think after this one we'll see. They talk about the, the basic, the foundational tenets of, 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 of the gospel. An average Christian knows very little about the gospel that they are part of. The, an average Christian comes to church for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the things that we look for, for us to be able to associate ourselves with a particular house. Most of the reasons I've got nothing to do with that which God wants to see happen. We want uh, comfort. Of course, they must be flowing. Oh, I love music myself. I love music. I love, the, love music. Kwamashi Christian Center, there are people who came solely for music. After the choir had sung, they left the building. Can you believe it? They didn't wait for the word. When they had sung, they, they, had, they had been ministered to. Such was the power of the choir. So we come to church for different reasons. Uh, could, be, could be anything. I don't know. Do you have aircon? There's no aircon here. And it could be all the externals, you know. But it could be the personality of the preacher, the, the preacher, apostle, prophet-centered churches. Everything stands and falls upon the performance on the guy on stage. The church is just a, a, a mixed multitude of people who are not even connected. There is no sense of accountability. You leave the church building and you go to a flat and you are cohabiting with your boyfriend. Who cares? It's a big group of people. No one knows what's going on. There is a number of reasons why we, I will, I will attend to that some other time. What we are saying is there must be a restoration, not restoration, of that which the apostles laid their life down for. There must be a restoration of a Christian in the earth. We are the hope of the world. I tell you, there is no constitution. There is no uh, uh, curriculum that is going to correct the stuff that is happening in the world today. The Bible says it is the word of God that convicts the soul. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's not an ism. It's the word of God. If the word, if the gospel is not preached, if the church is not restored, understand also that there is something called a parallel church. The enemy is so sly, so deceptive. With the church of Jesus Christ that was born of the side of his body when he bled, gave birth to the church. 
And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and began to speak in other tongues. With that church, genuine, redeemed people, there is a parallel structure which is also called the church. It also has got bishops, it has got apostles, it has got prophets, it's got people who have a setup like this. There's a pulpit in front, there's a banner everywhere. You get you have the music going, which is Christian, only that they 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 don't subscribe to the Christ that you and I subscribe to. The altar upon which their ministry is built is not that which heaven has endorsed. There are ministries that the fingerprint of God is not upon. There are ministries that they have no signature of God. There is no consent for that structure to be there. The fact that I have a group of people and I am standing in front of you talking from the Bible doesn't mean that that work is endorsed from heaven. The breath of God must breathe upon that work and heaven must say amen when I speak. Because I'm not registered only with regards to the stuff that we, we deal with in documentation with government. But the church must, must be registered in heaven. The church must be known in heaven. When the church is known in heaven, it gets the backing of heaven. So this is why today we are not getting, getting what we are supposed to get out of a person called a Christian. Christians are known to be judgmental people, homophobic people. They were called by all sorts of names. I had a, a, a granny who was more loving. She drank alcohol, but she was more loving than an average Christian. Average Christian, I wouldn't even bring a tattooed person here who is weeping and hungry for Jesus because we are going to judge them. The church that Jesus is restoring is the church that is going to have a revival. Love revival must precede all other revivals because he asked Peter, do you love me? So feed my lambs. Love is the mother of all ministries for God so loved the world that he, to the extent that he gave. So he loved first before he could minister to the world with his son. Until that kind of church is restored, whatever that we are doing, we are just doing church. We're just getting excited and how he plays drums is amazing. I just need to get a cubicle for him. We're just getting excited for, I mean, around what, 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 you know, the excitement of church. We can master this thing because there's a program involved. We can come here and, and, and grasp the culture of the church, but when we die, we go to hell. We can attend church for 50 years, but as soon as your spirit leaves your body, you get drawn to where you have been working towards. Jesus is looking for a church that is going to send out, according to the Great Commission, he says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. But how do we go if we don't even understand the gospel we're supposed to be taking? So that's what I'm going to address today, family, this afternoon. Because one of the things that we must begin to uh, attend to is the fundamentals of the Christian faith. If you don't deal with foundation and we are so preoccupied with revelation, every little boy 
walks around, calls himself an apostle. He, you can just see, I can just go and put a beep on him while he's preaching and he's got his long suit. I just looked at my daughter's face and I felt messy, so I'm going to withdraw. <laughs> Amen. But family, I want you to know that if we need to, out of foundation, we need, to, we need to revisit foundation. Foundation. Any person who comes to Kingdom Embassy House must understand the fundamentals of the Christian faith. This is why we are going to have a series on that. There's repentance. There's a lot of them. It's about six of them. There's faith. There's, there's a whole lot. You must be able to, to unpack that which you say you believe in. Out of great commission. So I heard this story. This man who says, oh, Sean. So he's about to die in hospital. Uh, close to death, really. So a preacher came to see him. So he, he asked him, have you made peace with God? See, this is what we do. Looking for my hanky. Have you made peace with God? The man answered, I didn't know that we ever quarreled. <laughs> I didn't know that we ever quarreled. I didn't know that. I didn't know that we, we ever had anything, you know. So why would you ask me if I've made peace with God? As far as I'm concerned, he has never screamed at me. We've never quarreled. When I went to church, the preacher told me how, how, how great I was. He told me that uh, I, he, he just spoke something that made me feel so good that God is about to release a breakthrough. If I sowed a seed, I was going to get my car released. He never told me anything that God was, was not impressed with my life. I didn't know that we ever quarreled. What he was saying is, I didn't know that there were ever issues between me and God. So most South Africans today, most South Africans, if you were to ask them, how is your life with God? For them, they sin comfortably because the voice that comes out of the church, it doesn't have to be condemning. But the true gospel, or the true gospel, must cause a South African when they come to church, when they go to bed, there must be a burning conviction and awareness that they are at war with God. A person who is not born again, a person who is not saved, there must be something, an uneasiness in here, a discomfort. When such a person comes to church, I must not massage their ego and make them feel even more empowered to sin because of my, the way I even minister. You know why I don't minister strong sphere? Because there are things I'm not going to touch on because amongst you here, I've messed some of you up in different ways. So in my in my ministry, in my preaching, I self-censor. There are no go areas because I don't have the authority, moral authority to speak on those matters because I am guilty of the same myself. That's why 
the gospel has gone the way it has. Because the, the, the men and the women standing in front, very, very few have the moral authority to speak and to preach the gospel with authority. Another reason why we don't preach the gospel the way they used to preach the gospel is because of Isiso. I'm not going to preach. See, if Ulunga brings, I know in, in DCC, which was like 10 years ago, even more, this guy who gave 90,000 rand tithes because he had a business, like my continentism, 90,000. Now, in a church like that, the, the dome costs about 100 million, the structure. Now, in the front row, you have these business people, you've got corporate people. You know, I know that the, the stuff that they are dealing with, which the word of God is contrary to what the word of God says. But I don't have the authority and the, and the guts and the boldness to speak to those issues because he's going to quit tithing. When he quits tithing, he's tithe alone. The tithe of about 25 people. And everything hinges upon his giving. The fact that I've been able to assemble an amazing, you know, structure, musically or otherwise, it's because of the giving of these people. There are things I will not be able to speak about. Sometimes they control it to the extent that while you are ministering, he looks, it takes for him to look at his watch once for you to wrap up. Because his rush is rushing. He has a plane to catch. Family, we cannot afford for that to happen anymore. If God has called me, let God provide. If God has called me, let him supply. Let him supply human resources, which are the people that I need to assist and help us to fulfill the vision you have been given. Let God provide material resources, which is the finances we need for us to do what we have been given. And let God provide the spiritual resources, which is the grace and the anointing and all the stuff, the wisdom that we need to fulfill what we have been called to do. Say hallelujah. I don't want to But this is what we need to begin to visit family. We cannot hand. I was asking myself, I think I told my wife, what kind of gospel are we going to hand down to our children? Is it this? What are we handing down to our children's conferences? We, we have attended 20, 30 conferences, but we are still like this, still have attitude. You still live first at work. We, we, we ask ourselves, how less can I give in the workplace? And a Hindu does more. I'm not saying you must subject yourself to abuse and these bosses who are full of devils anyway. But I'm saying, according, based on your contractual agreement, the gospel is... All right. Yeah. Say hallelujah. Can you believe I'm still in the introduction? This is not right. Now, let me just tell you this puzzle one, because I need to explain, to, before we go today, the whole point today, I want to explain to you what the gospel is. I may not be able to... Uh, explain everything, but I'm just going to try, just give you the basics of what the gospel is. 
There are two ways, or two, two ways the gospel has been presented, especially in the last 15 years or 20 or so. There's a way the gospel has been presented, which is not what Reverend Nicholas Bengu preached. It's not what Reverend William Duma ministered. There has been a way in which there's two ways. One, we have told the people how God is desperate for them. That he loves them so much, which he does. That he seeks to bless us and take our troubles away. So that's, the, that's one way that we have presented the gospel. God is desperate. It's like if I don't give my life to Jesus, he falls into depression. No, he doesn't. If you choose to rebel, you will die and go to hell and that's your business. He loves the world. He loves us. But we have preached the gospel to the point where we think that we are doing God a favor when we give our lives to him. This is why we, we are spiritually moody. This is why the spiritual roller coasters when I feel like today because I bought something new, I need to run to church today because the weather is just like this. I'm not going to go because there's something more interesting than I'm not. Because we think that serving God, we are doing him a favor. That's how the gospel has been preached. We bring people into the church building. All we're going to preach about is what, uh, what breakthrough that God is going to give you, which is fine. There's place for that. And I'm going to explain why it comes in. God wants you blessed beyond measure. Trust me. You are more influential, richer than poor. But we need to make first things first. Or the first things first. The second way. So please, please just understand that. That's, that's one way the gospel has been preached. We beg somebody to, we give them a countdown. Okay, I'm going to count to three. If you don't come and give your love to Jesus. Then after, after you say three, two, one, it's still like, you know, people are just looking. Then you say, that from 15, 15, 14. We, we're trying to, to squeeze salvation out of the people. No, family. We present the gospel to you, and I'm going to explain it to you. But you need to be intentional, out intentional. Because it's not, it's not that you are doing God any favors. It's not even about the church. Do you know how frustrating it is to have a, a house full of people who are not committed, who are not changing, who complain, who don't give? It's just a bunch of people who are not transforming. I'd rather have 10 people who are growing, who are being discipled. They are being like Jesus all the time. There is hunger. There is commitment in their lives. Because we are not called to lead a crowd. We are called to lead a family with a culture. And everybody understand what we are doing. Hallelujah. Now, the second way in which, and it is very few people who have done this. I think Victor Mashaba does. I, I don't know because I don't have, I, you know, I'm not out there too much. The Lord just kept me. I used to. But I know that probably Apostle Victor Mashaba does, maybe other gentlemen around the city, 
they, they still preach this way. I know him. Uh, but I know maybe there's this other few people that I, I might not be aware of because I haven't been there. The second way that the gospel has been presented, and this determines what your, your mindset and your, and your level of commitment going forward, how you have been saved is very important. And what you were told about salvation at the place of salvation. Number two, we have presented the gospel and we have told the people that you and I are sinners on our way to hell, that we are desperately in need of God. We need a savior. Now, you take these two things. Number one, uh, the gospel must be preached. You must know that you are desperately in need of God. Not that God is desperately in need of you. No, we are, we are sinners. Our condition is such that if I were to die tonight, I would spend eternity in hell. You must know that. I must know that. If I choose to push back against the gospel preached, yet the truth remains. Because the gospel does not seek consensus, consensus and agreement and your endorsement for it to be true. With or without your approval, the fact remains, if I die without Jesus tonight, I would spend eternity in hell. That's how the gospel must be preached. Cushioned in love, love everywhere, but the, the, the essence of it, the spine of the gospel must be such that when we preach it, people must be convicted. That's what happened in the early church. There was conviction. How many churches you would go to today and there's a sense of conviction. Even the word conviction, people have forgotten. We don't know what conviction. Before I attack all, you don't wait for the person to say, Come forward, you come crawling. You say, Oh, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I'm in desperate need of you. Hallelujah. So, the gospel that most people know today is very different. Than that which the fathers preached. Job, the Job Kiliza, and Gid and all of them. We need to revisit that. How many? It's even embarrassing to introduce yourself as a pastor. In we saw last, how many headlines are positive? Pastors, apostles. I don't know why everybody's not pastors, apostles, and prophets. Every time you read a headline, it's some nonsense done by someone. I call them charismatic hooligans and charismatic totsies. They must spend time in prison. They must spend time in prison if, if they are caught. Because if you are a child, there's one thing to stumble and fall. Everybody, all of us, we are human. I always tell you, I am 0% angelic and I am 100% human. But it's one thing when you become a serial sinner. To stumble and to transgress, it's one thing because you are just a person. That's why there is something called repentance. It is, it, 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 it is provided because God knows that 
Utamiso is not perfect. Ulunga is not perfect. Ukwenza is not perfect. We will stumble. And we, we, we do. And then we come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive. But in my heart, there is no intention to live and continue in that sin. This is how we're supposed to preach the gospel. Say hallelujah. So that if you are in this, I must be able to tell my daughters that you are according to the culture of the kingdom. Not because we do not involve ourselves sexually before we get Why aren't we preaching that anymore? What, what is that? What is that? What distinguishes a young person, a woman, an old man, an old woman who is a believer than an average person or say, Indo Dangera Zolo, Kodainas Milo, Sayo Sob Zolo, Sobunto. They outdo us. All we know is to sing very loud and we, we know the scriptures, but there is no culture. Hallelujah. You will love me for it because one thing, what I told you is that if you come to this ministry, I guarantee you, you will go to heaven with other things involved, but you will go to heaven. That's what, that one will make sure. And we'll make sure that if you are not walking with God, you must know. You know, you must know. I must know. That no, the, 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 the life that I am living. No, no, that's different. You must understand what sin is, which is not for today. But sin delegitimizes you. You can't even speak. Your prayer means nothing. You say, God listens to all the prayers. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Hallelujah. problem. We are always quoting from the past. Because there should be sons and daughters. The, the next generation must be more powerful than the previous generation. We must stand on their shoulders. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. It is not correct that every time we talk about greatness and excellence, we always refer to the past. What is the way doing Isn't the same word that worked in them, isn't that same word working in us to produce Christ-likeness? Lend to him a gift. I'm trying to be very disciplined. Because I can speak to you on a whole lot of range of issues. But I need to stick to this. They preached the gospel such that if you chose to do your own thing. You knew that if you died soon you would go to hell. Another thing family that has become a problem is what we call covenant promises. How to covenant promises. Covenant promises, there are scriptures in the Bible that do not apply in a blanket manner. So when we preach the gospel, sometimes we ascribe and assign promises that are meant for Zion, meant for the redeemed, those who have been uh, washed by the blood of Jesus 
as though they applied generally. And so when people come into the house of God, we quote Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. And we quote uh, Isaiah 54, 17, we like that one. We appropriate. Easy to the same busway and sing a pandemoso. The fact that the guy is screaming in front, giving it to you, doesn't mean that it is endorsed in heaven. It's just being excited. We say, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the inheritance or heritage. This, what has been mentioned above, it's the inheritance or the privilege or the prerogative of the servants of the Lord. It does not apply generally. So somebody comes and stands. Everybody, no nugi prendi. La claima. That claim are my things. No, you know what your thing is? Your thing is to let go of your sin, lay it before Jesus, and get delivered. That is our, that must be the preoccupation first, or the preoccupation. Now, because of the manner in which we preach the gospel, it gave many the impression that when we enter into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are doing him a favor. We are doing him a favor. He is there for us to plunder him. He is to be plundered. Father Christmas, give me my things. He must be plundered. We don't care how he feels. We, we don't even worry about how we live. The things that we do on a daily basis, how those things impact on him. As long as I get my things, that's not the gospel family. That's not the gospel. That, that's, not, that's not the gospel. I told you and I spoke to you about a parallel church. Be very careful that you do not have a culture of the parallel structure into that which is real. In the real church, we must preach the real gospel yet with love, in love, purity. The tendencies of the other structure must not be found here. This is why Mamchi and I, we are very careful in terms of even who sings, who plays. Because it's not just about coming and just playing the keyboard. There is a certain level, there is a demand on your life. If you are a child of God, there is a, a, a manner of living that you must project. Hallelujah. But when I'm going to go hard, I'll preach, I'll preach a nice message next week. I promise you. I'll make up for it. I know how to make up for it. I'll make up for it. But I'll tell you the truth still. Amen. So I wanted to assure you if you reject the gospel, after it has been presented to you, God does not fall into depression. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. God, the Bible says, this remains. God knows those who are his. It's a profound statement. God knows those who are his. So, it is very important, out important, 
that we revisit the condition and nature of the gospel that we preach. Go back according to what we preach is a producer. If we preach quality, if we preach a truth, anointed truth, genuine, pure gospel, we are going to produce such Christians, such caliber of Christians. Immaterial, his inheritance. God has an inheritance. It's called nations. But the people that we have are such that God at this point, he can't even send as many because I'm, I'm still embarrassed like I was in Sunday I used to hide my Bible. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. My Bible which is worse. So I used to hide it like like this. plastic, February 1991. I was not preached to. I got saved at a toilet. I was embarrassed. There are people today who have been going to church for 25 years. They are still embarrassed about Jesus. You know what that tells me? You don't know what the gospel is. If you are embarrassed about the gospel, you have no idea what the gospel is. If you knew what the gospel was about, you would not be ashamed. So this is why, Bazwani, we need to revisit the condition and nature of the gospel we are preaching to people. When we introduce this topic of the Great Commission, it's very easy to just rattle through it and get you excited, but it, it's nothing because I need to ground you. You need to know exactly. So that when you step out, you have a, a fuller picture of what this is about. What is at stake? So, evangelical must be communicated. How to communicated? The same way that the early church communicated the gospel. I know that there are different types of messages. Sometimes we come to equip, we come to edify, we come to build. I, I teach you about kingdom mandate. I don't, I'm not expecting anybody to get saved. But when we preach the gospel for people to come to the Lord, no, we need to preach it. It cannot be sugar-coated. We can't put vanilla over it. No. We, we need for people. Another thing that worries me, Nandi, it's, it's, it's Christian, celebrity Christians, especially Hollywood. And the DJs who say that they are Christians and all the celebrity people who are It seems as if they, they serve God in their own terms. If you come, and, and, and because it's them, it's fine. It's fine, you know, it's fine. They've got their own kind of code of ethics that's only applicable to a celebrity. No. If you come to a house, what is applicable to everybody is also applicable to you. We must walk with Jesus until the world knows that we are different. There's something unique. There's something amazing 
There's something different about these people. Say hallelujah. So it is important, Bazanungu, that you communicate evangelically the way that the early church did. You know what they said in, in Acts 3? To repent ye therefore, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's how they preach the gospel. If, just tell them, if they reject you, don't go back can I send you WhatsApp? No, just preach the gospel. Preach the gospel in love. Pray for them even beforehand. It doesn't mean that you don't have to keep going. But there is, there is a level of family. You know when someone is just want barge. Whatever that you do, you have tried everything there is. No, but my time is not right. You move on to the next one. Keep praying for them. But this thing of begging people, this thing of making people feel that when they give their lives to the Lord, a celebrity has just given their lives to the Lord so the whole universe must spin two times. No. If you accept Jesus, good for you. Because now the enemy does not have a legal right over your life. He does not have an operating license because that's what sin does. If you don't know what, if you don't know why we are against sin and God is against sin, it's because sin gives Satan a legal right over your life. It gives the devil an operating license to operate and vandalize your life with impunity because you have given him the authority to do so. The enemy has got no other authority except the one that we give him through sin. So it's not, don't do this because No! You don't do this because if you do this, you are opening a door. You are opening a portal in the spirit realm and through that door, through that portal, devils come in because you have authorized them to come because of your disobedience and rebellion. This is why the Bible says repent because repentance shuts the mouth of Satan. The Bible says the, the enemy accuses the brethren day and night on one basis. The enemy has got your file and my file. Whatever that you do, he knows. And he begins to accuse you before God. When you stand here and you begin to bind and to lose, you stand accused. As such, you have got no authority to legislate on any matter in the spirit. Until you repent. When you repent, you shut the mouth of the enemy and his hands are bound. Because you have handed over your matter to the attorney who has won every case. Say amen. Bazalwani, I'm, I, I'm praying that you, you, you understand what we are communicating here. So, Jesu then tells the disciples, Uti, Lapuku Great Commission. Uti, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and look I am with you always 
even unto the end of the age. La, he is referring to a particular gospel. Not the gospel that we have known. The gospel that doesn't make you comfortable in your sinful life. That is what he was referring to here. I know most of you have never heard me speak like this before. But when we address these matters, family, you got to speak like this is very important. Because there is a restoration that must take place. Out of restoration. There is a restoration, a restitution that must take place in the church. And for that to happen, we need to present the gospel the way the early church fathers did. The gospel that makes you realize that you cannot live another day without God. That's what they preached. I cannot live another day without God. I can't. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I have, I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against God. I cannot postpone. Even I stand here. As I stand here, I stand accused. I stand accused. If I will go to bed tonight and never wake up, my soul will be lost. Such is the agency that I need to begin to move with speed to make my life right with God. If I am lackadaisical, I'm, I'm too, because I don't know what's at stake. The gospel that has been preached to me is such that it leaves me. No, I must know there must be clarity in terms of the message. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And every human being must respond to that. This is why I was about to, what do I do? With a man called Christ. Whose son is he? Every person must respond to that. What do I do with Jesus? What do I do with Jesus? They said crucify him. Say hallelujah. Say amen. No, the gospel that is preached must not give people Nandi the impression that if they die, they would go to heaven. There's this thing today that give that I don't know where it comes from, but there is this thinking that when people die, they go to heaven. No, not everybody goes to heaven when they die. That's not what happens. Oh, that's not what happens. No, it's not what happens. When people go to die, there are two places out of two. One of them is called hell, and the other one is called heaven. Somebody said, but I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Then I asked, I asked them a question. Would you allow a person to knock on the door of your house and they want to leave here for the, for the rest of their life? Because, and, they, and you ask them, but I have no relationship with you. And they say, but I'm a good person. Can I please come and live with you? All the days of my life from this point onwards. But why? Why would you come here? No, I'm a good person. It's not on the basis of your goodness. It's that we have accepted and received and believed 
and place our faith in Jesus Christ. You can be born and spend the rest of your life without having left your house, you would still die and go to hell. Did you know that? Because according to the scriptures, the only qualification for eternity, eternal security is Jesus, is me placing my faith in Jesus Christ. And every person needs to hear and know that. If you know that you are very careful because you want to make sure that your life is right with Jesus Christ. Say amen. How are we doing for time? So what is the gospel, Basil? What is the gospel? What is the gospel? What, what are you and I part of? I'm sorry if I'm asking you too late. Some of you have been in the church for many years. Some of you for months. But this is what we should have established before we became part of this thing. What are we part of, really? What, what is the gospel? What, I, what have I committed myself to? Do we know what it is, family? What have you said yes to? You said yes. That's why you're here. You said yes to Jesus. What have you said yes to? Hallelujah. So, my to Jesus, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. requires two things. Now, I need to explain what the gospel is briefly before we go. Matthew Jesu, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Taking the gospel to all the world requires two things. Or two. Number one, it's knowing the gospel we are taking. Knowing it. Knowing the gospel we are taking to the world. Number two, Knowing the spiritual and moral condition of the world we are meant to take the gospel to. Because sometimes we are excited about some scripture that we got somewhere. We are clueless about the condition and the seriousness and the deterioration that is out there. This is why when I preach sometimes, if I don't have that revelation, the Shumailan because I don't have the understanding of the depth of deterioration in the world. If I knew, I'll be very, very careful in terms of presenting truths. Because I'm trying to rescue people. The word salvation comes from the word to salvage. Which means to rescue. There must be an element of rescuing. Because I cannot be standing in the No! There must be an appeal. There must be a sense of agency. Even in my tone, you must know that you are drowning and you must stretch out your head to give 
if I don't present such a gospel, Uzumugu smile, you wave at me and you die. Because I've loved you to hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, family. Mm. Mm. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. How many of you are feeling uncomfortable here? Even if I did, I wouldn't lift up my hand. <laughs> I wouldn't. Amen. If you are feeling uncomfortable, bless you. Because God is inviting you. God is pulling you in. God is, is drawing you. Oh, God is drawing me. God is. I can assure you of one thing. I love you dearly. You have no idea. One of the you know, I love church. I love God's people. You, you'll see after this. After this, when we meet out there, after church, you'll see. I'm loving. I mean, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the gospel is good news. Out good news. The gospel is the word evangelio. Evangelio. Evangelio means good news. Now, let me just try. I don't know what time I have. Imamji, please help me with time. Let me just explain this briefly before, before we wrap up. It is good news. Good news about God. Good news about God. Apostle Paul, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God. The gospel of God in much conflict. So, evangelion is from God. Evangelion, it's, it's, it's God's intellectual property. He owns it. It's not some concoction, some philosophy of a, of a man who came, a white person who came to Africa to try and get us to look up while he's stealing cattle on the ground. It's the gospel of God. It is of God's doing. God is the architect and the engineer of the gospel. Gospel comes from heaven. It came to us through people, through men. Because man is wicked. Man has a tendency of ruining that which is meant to be pure. Because of our fallenness, some came to Africa with an agenda from their countries to colonize of the missionaries that came some were pure and some had ulterior motives to steal from Africa but the gospel as it stands it's pure the gospel is good the gospel is genuine the gospel has got the power to con to con Amen. You know, when I say corner, I'm thinking about three other words in my head. Family, the gospel, all the good news. So the gospel is from God. The gospel is not 
man's invention. This is why when we deal with the gospel, I can't be too creative because it's someone else's intellectual, spiritual property, if you will. I cannot begin to impose my own ideas and my own desires on the scriptures. This is why it tells them, don't add to that which have been given and don't take away. Preach the gospel as is. Don't be too creative with the Keep the message as is. The method of presenting the gospel can be creative. We can come up with different ways of communicating the gospel. But the content, the substance must remain pure. Exactly what the apostles left us. Hallelujah. So it is good news from God to man. Or the good news from God to man. It's the good news about God's offer. The gospel is God's offer to the world. God is offering something. It's called good news. Because it's not just the offer of a lifetime. But the offer that secures your soul after death. God is offering two things to humanity. Out of two. We are about to close family. God is offering. It, it is, it is God's God offering you something. When we speak about the gospel, the good news, it's good news because there is an offer that comes from heaven to man. God is offering you, number one, two things. Number one, God, through the gospel, he is offering us forgiveness of sins. How do forgiveness of sins? It does not matter what you have done. It does not matter my background or your background. There is an offer from heaven. God offers every person from every race, from every tribe, from every kindred, from every culture. He says, if you accept Jesus, all your sins will be forgiven. He, it is an offer that he makes to every generation. When we have gone, he will be making the same offer to the next generation until the rapture comes. So number one. God offers forgiveness of our sins. He forgives. Oh, God forgives. God forgives. What authority does he have to forgive? He has authority because he took our punishment that we were meant to receive. Because without the blood, there is no forgiveness. So he took our punishment on the cross. Because he took our punishment and he died for us. In heaven, he has authority to release us and to forgive us because he laid his own life for us. Say amen. That's what Isaiah 53 says. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement meant for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Jesus took the bullets for us. He stood right in front of us. When I was supposed to be shot because of my sin, he stood right in front of me. And he lifted up his hands and he said, shoot me and set him free. Let him go. I will die in his stead. And his sins will be declared forgiven. That's what the gospel is about. It's the good news of God forgiving, wiping your slate clean. 
in his eyes, it, it does not weigh sins on a scale. Whether it, whatever it was, whether it was an abortion, whether it was murder, whatever it is, when you stand before the foot of the cross, he looks at you and you stand and say, Lord Jesus, I have messed up. I am a sinner, Lord. Please wash me. Forgive me. He forgives you. And the Bible says he throws your sin in the sea of forgetfulness. And one preacher says, then don't go and fish for them again. Say amen. So the Lord God offers out of forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. There is no need for you and I to walk under a burden of, of guilt and condemnation because of something that I did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That voice still worries me today. It won't let me go. I can't even enjoy sleep. I have a promotion at work. You have money, but you can't even enjoy your money because the voice of sin will not let you go. You got your promotion. You got your tender because somebody had to die. You got your promotion because somebody demanded certain things of you on the basis of you doing those things the promotion would come you can't even enjoy that level of success because the success was stolen from the coffers of the devil but the lord says i forgive you come to me as you are i'm making you an offer you don't have to live the rest of your life languishing under the burden of condemnation and guilt. There is freedom in Jesus. There is freedom and liberation in the blood of the Savior irrespective of what you have done. Out the Lord is making me an offer. That is what you must know. When we Go out to preach the gospel. That is what you must know. That the Lord is making an offer to the people. The second thing the Lord is offering. Oh, I, I love this thing of forgiveness. Because everyone has a testimony. You know when we preach here. I have my own testimony. When I said to you I was never preached to. Because... I remember my hands covered in blood. Every man must come out. Get your axe, get your knife. If you were IFP in the township and you had been identified, you were dead. So they came and knocked on the door. I am relating to you so we, we at one o'clock in the morning we were standing in the queue the boys were bound two of them and we one by one we had to go and grab the eggs and 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 whack them when it was my turn what in now is zipo he only said that to me. Now is it? Because I was a, I was a good guy. Gang a call, I would have died and went to hell, but I was, I was not your, 
your, your, your typical township species. So when I, I came, then Lembazia Shibiliganekazi. And I tried to, I can't even hit him because he's looking at me. He's already bleeding. To cut long story short, we left them that day rolling on the ground, burning. It became a burden on my soul because I was never created to do that. It was out of character even for me to, be, to do something like that. Young Iga, I could not rest. I got thinner. People who had done that began to die because of witchcraft that was conducted on those bodies. Guilt. Everywhere I go, I knew I couldn't enjoy anything. You kill them. The boy is coming. So loud. You kill them. You, you killed them. You killed them. No, but I was. You killed them. And he mentioned you by name. You killed them. It was only when I came to Jesus. It was so bad, Bazalwan. I had to go to a Hindu priest. But there was no peace here. With all these things over me, they, there was no peace. I knew they were not going to protect me. The voice kept on speaking. You are guilty. You did it. Until 1990, on the toilet floor, I knelt down and I broke the, those strings. I knelt I this thing is too heavy for me to carry. I cannot carry this burden for the rest of my life. The Lord delivered me from the fear of death. He delivered me from every foul devil. I remember the first communion. I took what is going commission because the devils were, were, were there to ensure that I do not do it. So what I'm telling you is what God has done for me. Jesus is able to take the way. How do you know that you have gone past that experience? When you remember it, what Jesus does when he forgives you, he takes the sting out of it. But even when you remember, it doesn't hurt you anymore. It does not mean that you will forget everything that happened. You cannot forget because it was such an experience. But when you do remember it, he pulls out that demonic sting. That whenever you remember it, it stings you so hard that you get disoriented. You fall into depression and anxiety. He pulls it out. When you remember it, you say, thank you, Father, that you delivered me and you pulled me out of such an experience. It's an invitation from heaven. He's offering us forgiveness of sin. He says, come now and let us reason together. 
said the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He says it. He's reaching out. The second thing, just give me 10 minutes, family, then we close. The second thing that God offers in the gospel is eternal life. See, if we focus on these two things, our gospel will be pure because when someone comes and they hand over their lives to Jesus, they know that they are not giving their lives to Jesus so that they can get a breakthrough. No, primarily, we come to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. We come to Jesus so that our eternity can be secured. Because the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Jesus guarantees that at any given moment should your spirit leave your body you will spend eternity with him now the choice is yours he has already offered one forgiveness of sin if you reject him what you are saying is i am comfortable living in sin i am comfortable with the fact that should i die tonight or this coming week I don't have a problem spending eternity in hell. By not responding to the message of the gospel, you have already responded. By saying no to Jesus, you have already said yes to the devil. Because there are no gray areas with God. Family, that's how the gospel must be preached. If we come to Jesus with that understanding, we will have a sense of commitment. We have a sense of loyalty. We will not do anything trying to please because you're coming here so that I can, I can, I can be impressed. Or, you know. We come to church because something drives me. I have been forgiven. I want to be part of the house of God. I want to be part of the redeemed and, and, and assist where I can for, for his mandate to be fulfilled. You are driven. How you driven? Because you have been forgiven. The Bible those who have been forgiven much will love much. I love much because I have been forgiven much. If you have been forgiven little, you love little. My, my, my friends say that. My friends, the little. <laughs> up your hands family hallelujah thank you holy spirit who is making a personal offer i'm not going to mention other things which are here which are, are very powerful but i want you to realize that our relationship with god primarily revolves around our forgiveness of sins. Nothing else. And because our sins are forgiven, we have eternity with God. Everything else that happens after that 
It comes because we are in the kingdom. Maybe in the last five minutes, let me just explain to you the difference between the gospel and the kingdom. Then we are going to pray. The gospel is the good news about what God has done for me. The gospel is the good news about what God has done for me. The kingdom of God, on the other hand, it is what God expects to do through us. The gospel, it is what God has done for me. The kingdom, it is what God does through me. Are you following family? So accepting the gospel qualifies us to participate in the kingdom. Let me repeat that. Accepting the gospel, accepting Jesus, forgiveness of sins and having eternal life, that qualifies you and I to participate in the kingdom. My two Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. He was talking to people who had received the gospel already. So the message in the church today must be clear with regards to the gospel that we have received. Let's stand, family. I, I feel something in my spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just play strings, Luma. Let's just let's pray. Let's pray in tongues, those who can, just for a few moments. Morila Rabusha Talara Lore Bubusit. Ripularindros Tabari, Mistress. Momerebeke Shitalara Lora Rababusia. Blessed Holy Spirit. Guide us, O oh God, and help us. You have given us an offer. Every person in this place, every one of us, we have been given the offer by God that before we leave this place, he wants us to know that indeed our sins have been forgiven. Beyond any shadow of doubt that my life is right with God. That if I were to die tonight, I will spend eternity in the presence of the Father. That's what God wants. He wants us to be sure that our lives are right with Him. And I pray the people who are listening to me today, 
you have come to a realization that yes my life is right with God and he knows it it's one thing to know something and God doesn't is not even aware what you are talking about I can say my life is right with God but heaven doesn't know it when I say my life is right with God there must be a resounding amen in the heavens so Bazoinamanja, I want to encourage you to never sit in a church building comfortably if you are not sure whether your sins have been forgiven or not. Never leave a church building if you are not sure that if you are to die that particular night, you would spend eternity with God. Even if no one is called to the front, talk to your friend. Come and talk to the preacher. But never leave a building where God's people are gathered and the gospel is preached. Never listen to the gospel preached and the invitation is made and you are embarrassed to come. You are embarrassed by the people who have been praying for you to give your life to God. Never ever. For the Bible says, for what is profited, what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will a man profit if he gains the whole world? But you lose your soul. What will you give in exchange for your soul? So if you are in this place today, Bazalwar, you have never really given your life to Jesus. Like really. You may have been coming to church for years or for weeks or for months. But you have never really given your life to God. Maybe you are in this place, you did give your life to Jesus, but somewhere, somewhere, you fell away. You are in this place today, and there is a restlessness in your heart. Even as I'm speaking, there is a restlessness restlessness you are not sure if your sins are forgiven or not you are not sure we understand everything about church we know most of the stuff but there is a rest and uncertainty in your heart there is no peace even as you listen to me ministering this word to you you don't know if you die that certainly you'd go to heaven Maybe you are a born-again believer, but you are struggling in your walk with God. You are struggling in your walk with God. There are things that you are battling with. If you fall within any of those categories, family, 
I want you to come forward right now in Jesus' name. If you fall within any of those categories that I've mentioned, I want you to come forward. Without any embarrassment, we are fighting the enemy, the enemy of your destiny, the enemy of your soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit. Come, come, friend, and let's pray together. By the time we leave this place today, there must be certainty in your heart is inset it is nigo ukuthula ukathinxa ukuthi yes indeed today you are my daughter you are my son and he wants you to have that assurance beyond any shadow of doubt want to lift up your hands all of us today here Father, they are coming. They've come. They've come. They've not come to me. They've come to you. They are responding. They are saying yes to the offer that you have made. Yes to the offer that you have made. I don't know which category you belong in, in all the categories I've mentioned. But I want you to pray this prayer, all of you. I want you to say, Lord Jesus. I want you to say, Lord, just help them, those people who are remaining at the bed. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I have not obeyed your word. I have walked contrary to that which you wanted me to do. Today I come, I respond to the invitation to your offer by faith. I ask you, Lord, to forgive all my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. Take my life. Make me your own. I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, be in charge. Take over everything about me. My thought life my walk my speech every area of my life i hand over to you thank you lord 
that this day I am a born again believer that my sins are forgiven that I have eternal life my eternity is secured if anything were to happen I will spend the rest of eternity with you in Jesus name Amen. Now let me pray over you. Father, thank you for your people. Father, we seal their confession. We seal their confession today. We have preached the gospel to them. We have told them standing in front here today that they are not coming to you for anything else. Whatever that gets added, it's a benefit that is available to the beloved. But they are coming primarily so that their sins may be forgiven. That they may have eternal life in them. And Father, I pray also for those who are here in front who have been working with you. But there are things that they are struggling with. There are things that they are battling with. I pray, Father God, that you bring strength to those. I pray, Father, for those who have been in the church, who got saved, but they fell away some time ago. I pray for strength in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I seal, we seal in Jesus' name. Even as we lay hand, we hand over these young people here in front to you in jesus name we hand them over we hand them over to you in the name of jesus let it be registered in the heavens that on this day they gave their lives to jesus in jesus name in the name of jesus in the name of jesus we seal it, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you strengthen. Memphilisa, strengthen her, God. For she's a fiery woman. And we thank you for the fire of God upon her life. And we thank you for what you're doing. That which she has come for, only you know. Only you know. And I pray that you meet that need. In the name of Jesus according to that which you know which is personal between you and her. in the name of jesus christ of nazareth father we establish we establish this father god in jesus name strengthen revive revitalize impart in jesus name rush christus sealed we declare it sealed in jesus name and god's people said amen say hallelujah you can go back family let's give god a hand Barcelona, for what the lord has done let's just close in prayer father even as we go today we thank you for your people even as your people get ready to give, we thank you for what you have done in this place. 
we seal this word today that all of us will know leaving this place that you have offered us an offer not just of a lifetime but that which goes into eternity and those who have responded to it we speak life upon them we speak father god that you strengthen them because without your help they cannot make it these young people who came in they need empowerment let them be the generation the remnant that has been spoken about that is going to be clothed with power who's going to go out and reap a mighty harvest for the lord in jesus name and the church said amen let's give god a mighty hand let's come and give in jesus name in jesus name you can you can come and and begin to give as we get ready to 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 go the worship team can come and assist us i don't know which song you prepared but as we as we give uh, they will be singing amen thank you thank you holy spirit in the name of jesus in the name of jesus we are trying to cut our recording here. <laughs> Amen. Do you need this microphone? Amen.
Bless your family. Ang gulong-gulong po si Santina. You have a great weekend.